0: The New York Times fud dropped. We'll talk maybe a little bit about that. I prefer being on the offense. I think they're trying to draw draw us onto the defense, lead us into a trap, all that kind of stuff. We're not falling for the shenanigans. Welcome to Cafe Bitcoin. Our mission for this show is to provide the signal in a sea of noise and teach the other 7 billion people on this planet why there is hope because of this bright orange future today. We're going to do some general Bitcoin Q&A. If you're new to Bitcoin, you want to learn about Bitcoin, now's a good time. Later, we've got T-Bain, Adam Oh, By the way, Adam's up here already. Good morning, Adam. We're going to be digging into some mining 101.
1: They probably have some comments on recent events going on there. Uh, And did you guys,
0: by the way, good morning to everybody. I haven't said good morning to yet as you're joining the room. T-Bain, what up? So did you guys see this video, we're going to start right off the bat with this video. There's a, there was a video on, I think it was mainstream media discussing the differences between CBDC and Bitcoin. Never really imagined that that would be a thing on mainstream media.
2: No, I, I, yeah, I I saw it. I thought it was awesome. It, their points like that they that they're putting forward were, were pretty interesting. I think it's been more interesting is how like this CBDC chirp has has hit in the mainstream. Like you see um, DeSantis out of Florida coming out against it, um, you know, on the Republican side. And then uh, uh, Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. came out and, and, and was against it in a tweet last week that, that kind of blew up and, and he's on the Democratic side. So it's a clearly bipartisan, like, Folks pushing back against this uh, CBDC, and then interestingly enough, Paul Krugman had his like uh, opinion piece for the Times this weekend. Um, you know, the, the dude, the, the dude that uh, thought the internet was not going to be as functional as a fax machine is now saying that CBDCs are, are a gift from God. So it's it's just it's interesting
1: how it's been pushed into the public that spotlight so much. It's quite ironic, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Good morning, Ann. All right, if we've got that that video ready to play, let's do it.
3: Eventually want to get rid of most banks. Now, the, the big ones are too big to fail. But in the end, the ultimate objective is to essentially wipe all of the banks out so that your bank will be the Federal Reserve. Everything will be centralized. And again, this is not really about the money, although of course it is. This is about power and control. Because the government, such as it is, will have access to all of the information related to every single transaction you make. You buy a stick of gum, the government will know. You buy a new car, the government will know. Oh, you bought the wrong car. You didn't buy an EV. Now you're going to get penalized. So in the end, Sean, this is really a move toward a CCP-style social credit system. And they're using this move to a central bank digital currency as the biggest lever to try to get us there.
4: It's important to note that that uh, other cryptocurrencies, like Bitcoin is decentralized. This will be centralized within the government. bitcoin is a is a uh, a technology for freedom. This is a technology for control. I mentioned this before. I brought my I brought my prop. I got a twenty dollar bill. I can use this twenty dollar bill however I choose for for meat, for guns, for even illicit purposes. But when the government controls the dollar, they can control, as, as, the, as, uh, as we talked about in the report, whether you can buy a firearm, how much gas you can buy, how much electricity you can buy. Can you buy meat or do you have to buy bug-based meat? They can control
1: everything that you purchase with a digital dollar and whether you can purchase anything. Well,
0: It's amazing. Like, it sounds so surreal to me. This is on Fox News. First of all, I never thought they would be having a discussion like this on mainstream media. But even the fact that they're even discussing whether we're going to bug meat or not. I mean, I never imagined in my life we'd ever be having these conversations as
1: humans. It's it's quite bizarre. Yeah, it's starting to get out to the open now. It was was oddly pro-Bitcoin, too. Well, I mean, that's what I find kind of funny is that right at, the,
4: right at the time that, you know, tyranny starts to creep in, we happen to have the ability to defend against it, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of, oh, it's, it's a little bit beautiful, a little bit ironic how it all comes together at the same time, right? Immutability is going to be a word that's, that's possibly known worldwide, not,
1: a, not just inside Bitcoin circles when people start thinking about financial censorship. And I mean, it's on, isn't it? Like, there's like a full-on race right now between the lizard people
0: and everybody who else, everybody else on the planet who wants to be free. That's like a thing that's happening right now.
4: Yeah, I mean, thank God for Satoshi Nakamoto. I mean, we it,
1: a, a million Bitcoin isn't enough of a reward for what was given. And interestingly yeah. enough, those keys have never moved, right? Or that Bitcoin's never moved.
4: Even if it does, it's, it's, I'd say he, he got he got gypped with what, what kind of value he you know gave to the world. I mean, that's at the end of the day, right? Imagine a world where where there was no option, right? We we'd all be what talking about how the gold and silver markets are rigged, and we're forced to use rocks because you know that's the only option we have. And you're gonna have to get on a plane, which you know maybe outlawed from the CBDC, to go pay somebody in another state with this immutable money. I mean,
1: another option wasn't even conceivable until until Bitcoin, and thank God for it. Yeah, but the fight's not done yet. I mean, it's just starting. It's just
0: heating up. And uh, so it's not a foregone conclusion that freedom wins. I'm very, very thankful that we have Bitcoin as a tool here. Uh, But I think we need to keep our eye on the ball right now because... The, then they, you, you know, you hear this, then they fight you thing. Well, man, it's on, it's on. This is I want to read a tweet from from Tulsi Gabbard this morning. She goes, the restrict act not only bans Americans from using TikTok, it is a Patriot Act two for the internet. It would give the government unfettered access to all the data on our computers, our phones, our security cameras, internet browsing history, payment applications and more. It throws the Freedom of Information Act out the window, it cannot be challenged in court, and criminalizes the use of a VPN, with up to 20 years in
1: jail and a $1 million fine. What? I just can't imagine it passes. I mean, if it passes, it's just... It's like, that's the time
4: to go protest in the streets. Almost right, I mean, because then privacy's gone. Um, they've, they've literally criminalized privacy at that point, which has got to be unconstitutional as much as you know I don't know if the Constitution's the the strongest document to to, to exist. Um, at the end of the day, like there's got to be some pushback on that I mean even even boomers got to be able to see how <laughs> how horrifying that world is. I mean, maybe when their kids and, and themselves start getting thrown in jail, maybe then it'll matter, but I can't imagine it passes. Well, the worst part is that
5: they tricked everybody with it, with this TikTok thing. You know, they give you the old okey-doke. You know, it's, it's to ban TikTok, which most of the boomers are like, yeah, we should probably ban TikTok. You know, it's bad for our children and we got to get rid of this thing. And I've heard it was a, a spy technology for foreign yeah. governments and whatever, you know. So it's a big okey-doke.
4: Yeah, that's per the norm though, right? I feel, I feel like that's, a, that's the status quo. Is. There's always, there's, you know, it's like, you could look back, right? While TikTok was being constantly thrown around and, and talked about as a Chinese spy tool and things, like who knew that the restrict act was around the corner? Well, the people writing it did, and the people lobbying it for it did, and you know, it's a one-two punch. You're right; like it all it all comes together in hindsight, and
2: it's a horrifying world that way. It's it's the old fashioned switcheroo. I saw I saw a really good take on it um, sometime last week. Where some fellow tweeted something along the lines of
1: like, you know, TikTok should be banned at the household level, not not at the uh, uh, federal level. Or at least the decision, you know, the decision should be made at the household level. Yeah, Yeah, like if
5: you're a parent and you don't want it in your house, then that should be, you know, your house rules, whatever. And, you know, then you have a challenge dealing with your kids trying to, <laughs> trying to circumvent that ban, you know.
1: But, but it, it, yeah, it shouldn't be the government. Just look at how weird things got during COVID with all of the so-called emergency use laws
0: that they've got on the books. And it's always an emergency, right? It's always a crisis. They're always, they use fear to get everybody scared. And then they're like, okay, well, now we're going to save you. And at the same time, they continue to pump the fear over and over and over again to get people quote motivated to let them come in and quote save you. Like you know, I'm I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. Well, that's classic, Alex.
6: <clears throat> Wave the flag or or pump the fear. It's one of the two.
4: The it always just... gets me. The thing it always gets me is like the kind of the collision of of freedom of choice, right? Like at the same time that. You know, a politician will talk about how someone should have the choice to to choose their gender and do whatever they want to their own body. You don't have the choice to use a VPN, right? Like, like they they isolate and they have these vectors of choice that they want to kind of create. Yeah, this this illusion that you have this freedom of choice or promote it, but then all these other places they they strongly go against it for safety. I mean, it's it's so kind of hypocritical that nobody calls them out on it it's from both sides too right it's not not necessarily partisan it's just
1: blanket it's blanket hypocr- hypocrisy i'm not even sure there's sides anymore i
0: mean that's an illusion to me like that's just a you guys fight amongst yourselves because we're going to we're going to throw these things out there that we know will agitate you and get you fighting each other so that we could do a whole bunch of nonsensical bullshit over here on the side and maybe you aren't going to pay attention to it. That's, that's my observation. Like, all that stuff is nonsense. People need to figure that out. Stop fighting each other. Like,
1: the lizard people are the ones you need to be concerned with right now. See, speaking on, like, the, you know, using the emergency crisis to push forward agendas,
2: the, the House and Senate just, just on March 30 finally passed a bill or a resolution to end the COVID state of emergency three years later.
1: But Did there's still there's still
0: something like 42 other states of emergency that haven't been lifted, right? I think I saw most yeah. well, Malensky say something about that the other day. Like we're in a perpetual state of emergency, which gives them all kinds of draconian powers that they wouldn't have otherwise. And this has been going on for six presidents. Like they are, they're like, ooh, I kind of like this power.
2: Never, never let question. a, never let a good crisis go to waste. That like the authorization of military force that you know all those are still in existence. That you know, Congress doesn't have to vote and declare you know a formal declaration of war. You know we're 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 just in an active war.
0: They I mean it's a lot easier to say, well, I didn't, I didn't vote for that because they didn't. They're just completely absolving themselves of
5: responsibility.
0: They're Joe, like, yeah, Joe
2: Biden voted for it, as he has for things yeah. over the previous forty years.
4: We got we got like eighty-two year olds voting for these like twenty-year measures, right? Like they're obviously not going to be around to even to even
1: exist if there's consequences to their behavior. I mean, it's it's beyond me. Thank God for Bitcoin. Speaking of which, according to documenting BTC, there were
0: 3,467,156 new Bitcoin addresses connected to the global network last week. First of all, does anybody know how the hell they know that? And then second of all, does that seem like a lot to you guys? I
4: mean, I think you can do that with a node. You can you, can, you know, request to count the amount of addresses and look at it over time. I used to do that using, like, bid info charts just manually back in the day. But I think, I'm not sure if that's a a metric to look at, right? Like, I don't know if you guys saw with MoonWallet. Like, MoonWallet is is throwing millions of transactions out there doing atomic swaps in order to to give a use case of Lightning, which is not really even the Lightning Network. Um, So I'm not sure how much of that is indicative of, you know, adoption.
0: um,
1: Might mean nothing. Yeah. Completely I mean, automated
0: newly generated addresses.
4: Yeah. Coinbase just you know creates a million addresses and puts, you know, like a million sats into each, right? Like just for their own users and shit like that. Like that I am not really sure of that. What would
0: be like, a good metric in combination with the new addresses for us to determine that has that that has a material impact on network effects of Bitcoin?
4: I mean, I think over you gotta include time, right? So I think you gotta look at like, like I'd always look at the, the real value of Bitcoin, right? Where you look at the value of the UTO, UTXO last time it was moved, right? And then you consider how long it's been since UTXOs have been moved. And, I mean, that's a pretty good indicator of um, have new UTXOs and new, hold, new holding, right? Or at least new money coming into hold. Um, but the best is, I think, the, the most, like, instant... Which it isn't even that instant is to look at its hash rate, right? I think that, that one takes so much time and infrastructure to, to deploy. If hash rate is deployed and it it's out there, right? Like a 30 day, 5,000, 10,000 block average of hash rate, is, that's indicative of demand. That's, that's somebody trying to produce new coins. Um, like, and we're at near all time highs. Like, that's a really good ind- indication of, of Bitcoin demand, in my opinion. I 100% agree. Uh, hash rate is a much better
7: uh, thing to look at. Addresses, um, Alex, if you didn't know, every single set of private keys has over 4 billion receive addresses. Over 4 billion receive addresses. So number of addresses really doesn't tell you much,
0: Especially how many, how many, how many potential private keys are there? Infinity.
7: Um, so basically, yeah. uh, you, you, when you have a set of your own private keys, you have over 4 billion receive addresses. And if you follow so it's best four, practices. It's 4
0: billion times infinity. Okay, basically. okay. If you
7: have, if you use best practices, you're not reusing addresses. So someone who's using Bitcoin properly is going to generate a large footprint of addresses on the UTXO set, which is okay. public and part of every single node. So anyone who runs a node has access to the information about all the UTXOs, in the in in the current state of the of bitcoin as far as what all the transactions add up to here's here's the utxo set and that's what they use to basically look at this data and anyone can look at it but the whole idea that you're counting how many addresses are new uh is kind of silly because uh anyone can continually use new addresses and it doesn't mean that they created a new wallet and it doesn't mean that it's new people necessarily
4: Yeah, but I will say non zero addresses is is superior to just, you know, new addresses in general, right? Like an address in a deposit is superior as a, you know, I would say like a metric, even though it's a pretty poor metric.
7: No, Um, no, I I agree. And and that's what I I would
4: Out of context, it's it's easy to kind
7: of imply that it means something that you can't necessarily prove. Yeah, Yeah, but
0: it's still a pretty, pretty decent heuristic, not like if you have 7 million. Addresses with a Bitcoin in it or 10 million or 20 million.
4: Well, no, but I mean, I, at the same time, like it goes back and forth, right? I could take, if I, had, if I consolidate my UTXOs, it will do the opposite. It'll actually look like there's less addresses with a, with a balance in there than there were yesterday, even though I'm the same user. It's, right. You know, like and it's and
7: someone might say, really someone might to point to that data draw. and say, hey, look, there's fewer people using Bitcoin today than yesterday. Right. They
1: just, so that's why it's not a good thing to look at. But it's damn good for likes and retweets, right? What's up? Uh, okay. I tell you what, let's, let's
0: explain this to the peoples, for those who are new, who are listening, trying to figure out Bitcoin. I hear this thing come up all the time where people are like, um, what's with that, what, what's with using new addresses for every, why, why do people want to do that?
8: So that you don't have a big honeypot of Bitcoin at one place that everyone, you know, can see whenever you spend or whatever.
7: It's the uh, standing at, the, um, standing at the, the liquor store or yeah. whatever kind of store scenario and you open your wallet and it's stuffed completely full of $100 bills and all the people behind you are like leaning over your shoulder and going, oh, interesting, nice. It, it it's that exact scenario. Okay, it's like well, magic you follow. Like so sure. you see, isn't it just the vendor? No. Okay, no. It, so uh, here's no. the point. Here's the point. Every transaction is being put on a public network, and if somebody looks at your transaction, they they see where you're sending from, and then they can follow back the path of that address. But but, but only you, the
6: but only the vendor knows that you were the one that did that. Everybody else just sees an anonymous address. Over a long
7: period of time, it's best practice not to reuse addresses so that you're not basically revealing your entire stash in every transaction that you're doing. You split up your UTXOs or your chunks of Bitcoin into separate addresses. When you spend from those addresses, you're revealing the minimum amount of information to the recipient and to the rest of the world as far as this is what I'm holding.
5: Again, yeah, for example, the merchant know. knows until you get outed. If that address ever gets outed, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's, it's out there forever. And yeah, now no, no, it doesn't I totally, take too much.
6: I, I, I totally agree. I just thought it was a little uh,
7: hyperbolic to say that everybody in line gets also to see that it's you. Everybody no, in they line literally is, do it. Well, every, but it's not, it's not the identity portion of it. It's just that that much Bitcoin is associated with that address. So over a long period of time, to keep things simpler and to reduce the opportunity for anyone to see more information than they need to see about what you're holding of value. You put your chunks of Bitcoin, your UTXOs into different addresses so that when you spend them, you're revealing the least amount of information to the recipient or anyone else who might look at that transaction.
0: All right, so in in, in your scenario, it's basically a wallet that's being carried by an invisible man floating into the store, and everybody gets to see the wall open and explode with money pouring out of it. Yeah. Like and if example, the guy, I,
4: mean, I, I had a buddy pay me. We had a bet, and it was like one hundred fifty thousand sats, right? And I don't know if he did this to flex or whatever, but he paid me from an from a, a UTXO set that had like twelve and a half Bitcoin. So the second he paid me, I was like, I, I screenshot it and sent it to him. I was like, Dude, what the fuck is this? You just send me this from what? Like you're just you're walking around money is twelve and a half Bitcoin? Like what? The, right? Um. And so. I knew that immediately, right? And I know that forever. That's my
0: little uh, wallet. Yeah, That's the exactly. little wallet, bro. Like,
4: so, you know, if you, if you wanna flex on somebody, which go for it, but otherwise, you know, it's just unnecessary. It's like, if you paid a, if you, you know, if you transferred money via bank wire to somebody and they got to see what your before and after bank account total was. Um, so okay. how, does that, how does that balance
6: with um, fees on, on, on chain in the future?
4: It's it's trade-offs, man. That's that's the that's the whole that's the method methodology of Bitcoin is trade-offs, right? At what point what are you comfortable revealing and a, you know, what balance of fees? I think, you know, you have a whole bunch of five hundred thousand million sat UTXOs, like you're probably gonna be fine.
1: Um, yeah, probably maybe, be-
4: maybe one wallet to pay for a house or something, <laughs> right?
8: The other thing that you have to recognize, I mean, so the whole fee conversation is kind of an entirely different one because if you're sending your Bitcoin to a single receive address, you're still generating new UTXOs that will just all be, you know, belonging to that single address. So, I mean, a lot of people, they misunderstand this. They think that if they send Bitcoin to a single receive address, that is all going to accumulate into like a a single large UTXO. Or they might just assume that without even knowing what a UTXO is. But what's really happening is you're getting separate utxos with each withdrawal even though they're going to the same address you get separate utxos so separate chunks and if you want to spend those utxos in the future if they're all really small you're still going to pay a lot of fees even if they've all been sent to the same receive address so i mean it it, it literally makes zero sense to have a single receive address like it, you know there's there's no benefit to not you know generating a new address every time you receive
4: Wait, hold Bitcoin. on. There, there's a minor benefit. It's very minor, and it's an extremely easy accounting because you can just go to any public blockchain, look up that one address,
8: yeah, all but of the
4: history of that thing. I, I would
8: say, I would say that's. <laughs> I'd I'd say that's very negligible because every single Bitcoin wallet in existence now is able to do all the accounting for you when you put in. Right. Your, no, your, I, Xbox. I was.
7: I was just going to jump in with that. Is that that's what a good wallet, either hardware or software, is helping you do is that you've got 4 billion addresses, but you don't have to keep track of all those. And when your wallet connects to a node, hopefully your node, when a wallet connects to a node, it's going to go to the network and retrieve all your transactions and uh, show you a balance. So you can distribute your Bitcoin to hundreds or thousands of addresses. You don't have any extra legwork there in terms of seeing your balance or being able to account for things because all the modern tools these days uh, give you great
4: visibility over that. And and Adam's right, wait, wait, it, is all, on, it is all it there is trade-offs. There is a disclaimer there, right? Because not all the time are people using their own node, which hopefully they are, but that's just not the case. And even if they are, sometimes like with Electrum, okay, I had this like last week where I was in the middle of a panic attack for like an hour and a half because... We were supposed to have more Bitcoin than what was showing on Electrum, which was just a read-only wallet, right? It was just using um, a pub key and looking, you know, effectively doing that accounting. And it was a gap limit, right? I had to increase the gap limit (laughs) so that it could render more transactions in a single refresh, right? And so what I was seeing was, you know, not accurate, but it was horrifying, right? And that was just because that accounting was just not rendering enough lines of, of information. Um, so yeah, like using your own note is key. Um, settings are key, right? Like these are the the little learning processes, which I mean, this just happened to me last week. I've been using Bitcoin for a long time now. Um, and still, was it was this,
0: like- Was this one of those, oh God, I'm starting over moments?
4: No, no, this was like an, oh God, like I will stay up for two months straight until I figure out what the hell happened. What's this problem? Like, have I been compromised? Um, who did, like if like it was, you know, heart rate at like 185 um and then when it all i, I you know went into the console and the gap limit and boom like yeah, there was no problem um it was all there but again like this is information security and information rendering it's really important to have it be trustless and have it be appropriate yeah
7: no uh, totally and those situations do come up but just to sort of Unfreak out the sort of newer people here. Um, most people, when they're starting out, they're, they're going to have maybe a few dozen addresses with UTXOs, maybe a couple hundred if they, you know, really split things up. Um, and most wallets are going to have no problem handling that. And so, you know, as, a, as just a, a beginner, for anyone who's a beginner, it, it's just an important thing to know that this is an easy thing that you can do to sort of save yourself from not having optionality in the future. Like you give yourself more optionality as far as protecting your financial privacy if you don't reuse addresses. It's, it's a very simple first step, and there's many more layers and more nuance to getting into coin control, but that's a great starting point for people.
0: Okay, okay. There's one other quick thing, and I also want to hear from Piccolo, who's, who came up here. It hasn't said a word yet, and is one of the smarter people in the ecosystem, in my opinion, want to hear from this guy. But just a quick thought. Also, I, in my personal use of Bitcoin, I've been leaning way more towards Lightning. Like for small transactions, I'm doing Lightning transactions all the time now. I don't think I've done a single main chain transaction ever since I really started figuring out how to use Lightning. So question for those people who are worried about the fact that you open your wallet, all the money it appears. Uh does Lightning provide a little more uh, privacy in transactions than main chain transactions?
8: The short answer is yes. But if we're still, I mean, to, to, you know, maybe build off of what Peter was saying earlier with transaction fees getting higher and you being priced out if you have a bunch of small UTXOs, that's still going to be a problem in the future when you want to spend with Lightning. Because to spend with Lightning, you have to either send your on-chain bitcoin to a lightning service provider like a custodial wallet that's going to require on-chain transactions or you have to open your own lightning channels you know if you're running your own lightning node and that requires on-chain transactions so like th- there's no way to get your bitcoin from the base layer to any Wait, of these the on- layers. The on-chain transactions only occur if you close those channels right the the channel opening is an on chain transaction. It's literally a smart contract that you that you post on chain.
7: Right, but he's asking you're not constantly opening channels necessarily, and most people who are using Lightning are 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 using custodial. Yeah, platforms. they're using custodial platforms. Um, the, the, the short answer to your question, Alex, is your Lightning is is more like your wallet that you're walking around with every day, and Bitcoin on chain is like your vault. It's like your your right high security storage vault that nobody can touch. And and that's really like a, a simple a well, simplified let's way. Let's go back to, to the
0: here. privacy thing. Do do people are 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 people getting privacy if they're using lightning transactions versus main chain transactions? First let's start there. Yes or no?
8: Yes. Not Really. It, well, yes. I mean wait, time, time out. Like I signed up for a wallet of Satoshi. It's custodial, but it's also non-KYC. So when I have bitcoin that I got zapped on Wallet of Satoshi, they don't know who I am, you know. And I can spend that Bitcoin, even though it's a custodial wallet, anywhere, you know. That do they you, have, have do you have an email sign
4: up? There. Is there an email or a phone number, or, or how do they identify you? What's your it's, unique identifier? It's an
8: it's an email sign up, and the emails is a, a more or less a burner email. There's no connection of that right email but to my ISP, memory.
4: right? Unless you made that. One
8: All right, right, okay. There's
0: yeah, an there's sure, no ISP, but, there, right, and you're like are you not
7: logging your device <laughs> ID?
0: <laughs> they probably okay. Fine. Look, probably, if you're if you are a let's call it, let's let's assign levels of of importance to to who's who's going after you right if you're a state level person of interest they're probably going to figure it out right but if you're yeah. just an average joe doing your thing and you're not you're, you're you're not edward snowden and the cia is not after your ass you should be okay basically
4: alex you got to remember it's it's average joes that work at the nsa Right. <laughs> like these are human individuals that, that make up these organizations. Right. Yeah. What, what did you start the show with, Alex, about the Restrict right. Act? Yeah. The Restrict Act. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, but
0: today. you know what? At the end of the day, there's a resource. There's a resource um, equation here. There's a math equation.
4: Yeah. But I want the math equation to be the brute force equation that is, you know, 77 decimal places long of trying to guess my private key with my public key. Like, that's the best equation that I can defend myself with because I know it's just not going to, um, right. It's compromisable, but you know, I think there's, you know, what, what is sufficient? Like their wallet
1: and they have to write off
4: losing the 250 bucks that was in it and their, and their, you know, freaking Chipotle gift card, like, and that's okay. Like hopefully that doesn't sink your life. And that's why, yeah. okay, let,
0: let, let, let's let go back to the fee thing, fee thing then on lightning, fee thing on lightning, right? So you open the channel once as long as you don't close the channel, it's fine. There's no on-chain transaction. Therefore, theoretically, if you're, you know, doing a transaction and it's going to hunt around for nodes to send this transaction across, I mean, you should still theoretically get some pretty low fees now, even when, when the on-chain fees are, are worth quite a bit later.
4: I mean, yeah, I think I think it's negligible. One thing I do wanna say though is like, so I'm not a I'm not a real bull. I'm lighting like, mean, I, I mean, I even tweeted this just a little bit ago.
1: I was giving I think it's moon wallet some
4: crap, but um like I, I'm a guy that I've been mad that I have to spend forty five cents to to transfer like five hundred dollars and like wait a few hours for that to confirm, maybe. Like I'm always custom fees, like doing two sats per bite, and I'm the last guy to get in the block. Um never bothered me. I don't know if And even like, I look, I think of it from a business point of view, if I had a business, I was accepting Bitcoin so long as, you know, replaced by C wasn't active on the transaction set. Like I would take a transaction that had five plus sats per byte, and maybe I would monitor it and contact the customer and be like, listen, if this gets purged, like you got to pay me again, or I'm, you know, coming back to retrieve my goods or something, Um, or I'm canceling your service. But I wouldn't mind waiting a day or two for it to to settle like credit card transactions sometimes take five days. If it's a holiday and they swipe their card on a Friday afternoon um, to settle with the business. So like, I don't, you know, I haven't seen the mempool be that clogged for that extended of a period of time that it's really been a problem yet. Lightning can be awesome. I think it's great, but like, I haven't seen a massive existential need for it yet. Like never in the history of Bitcoin has hasn't sustained like 65, 75 sat per byte for more than, you know, 30, 45 days or anything like that. So I don't know if we're there yet, but at least we have an option when that, if that occurs. On-chain
5: maxis, let's go.
4: I, I just don't think they
7: should be compared apples to apples and, and they really are just complementary layers. Lightning is a complementary layer to Bitcoin layer, layer one. And to answer your privacy question, Alex, in some ways, Lightning is more private but there's other compromises and unless you are running your own Lightning node and you're incredibly aware of all the dynamics and technically how this thing works, you're making trade-offs to use Lightning um, and they're just different. So the bottom line is like, Lightning has its pros and cons and Layer 1 has its pros and cons. Use them both for their different purposes and uh, keep moving.
4: You know know what I wish? I wish the word node wasn't used for what it stands for i wish we just used the word ledger i wish i was just like no i use my own ledger right like now that also comes with like this context of like the ledger nano that's so limiting
0: though no limiting well in a way totally it is because just, it, aren't our nodes mystery. aren't our nodes also the way are the way we enforce the bitcoin protocol a lightning no.
7: node isn't a ledger
4: the way we enforce the protocol is all, all we do enforcing it is just checking all the previous blocks in the rule sets against what yes, is happening. Yes, but it's correct. So
0: it's an accounting function, but it's also yeah. an audit function in that like every single time, it's kind of like every single time, if, if this were monopoly, monopoly, excuse me, and a miner found a block and they're like, okay, I'm going to move my piece forward. Every single node basically checks the rules to make sure that they follow the rules. And if they broke the rules, everybody's like, yes, yeah, screw you guys, you can't move your piece. Right? right. But
4: like, but, but what the reason I, I say that I wish the word wasn't used is more because I think people hear the word node and they and, you know, it's like when they hear TCP IP and they just like black, it, you know, they just like check out. Nah, listening. I think they, but they're, but they're all they're, they're right. all
0: dying. They're all dying. You know, whoa, whoa, it's like the. Well, I
4: mean, I don't know about that. So so quickly. Right. I mean, <laughs> hey,
0: hey, Langer is <laughs> 92 years old, brother. 90. Hold up, for, hold up, hold up, real quick. Hold up, real quick. No, words
7: have meanings, okay? Yes, there is a ledger on a Bitcoin Core node, okay? You have a full record of the entire history of Bitcoin transactions. That is a ledger of Bitcoin transactions. However, the node that holds that is a piece of communications equipment. It is a is part of your uh, infrastructure to communicate with the network. A Lightning yeah. node is not even a ledger. It is literally just your communication ledger. Or sorry, your communication equipment to 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 talk to the lightning network. So node actually really I think is an important word.
0: I'm still also of the opinion that eventually all the people who don't understand are going be dead. Like, did you read Svetky's article? Sixty years to adoption. I know that kind of sucks, but like, think about it. At the point. Six years to not adoption, wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. How are you think valid? about it. Think about it. In in five more years, right? There's not going to be a human being on the planet that's born who wasn't where Bitcoin didn't exist. Like, you know, you don't you don't have to explain what a seatbelt is to people. Why? Because they grew what? up with a seatbelt. They put seatbelt on. They know what it is. There's going to come a time where nodes are, are the same thing. People are going to be like, well, oh, wait. yeah, that's my node. You five you're going to run
7: a node on your what? phone in the future, Alex, probably by the end of the decade. We're this all going to be having lightning nodes
4: on our phones. Wait, hold on, in five years, there won't be anyone under the age of 19 or 18 that hasn't been born into a world of Bitcoin. No, um, it, what, big, I'm, Bitcoin what I'm saying is in, what in,
0: in, saying. in five years, yeah, you're right. But, but I, guess, I guess my point is, <laughs> is that, that every, at, like you're, so. you're correct. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm talking about. Every Every, every, every person years, who's born today, years. every person who's born today, uh, and has been for the last 13 years is born into a world where bitcoin existed that's what i was trying to say
4: well, that's what if it's 60 years to adoption like we're gone for, i mean or at least we're close
0: yeah that's what okay. that's vetsky basically said like all the first generation of bitcoiners are going to be gone by the time this thing is fully adopted
4: saying in a way i mean it's it's, it's one hell of us it's kind of like the the pioneers that headed out west like they weren't they weren't running out west for themselves. They were. They were running out west for you know their heirs. like um, yeah. you know, the, the likelihood of them dying just in the journey, and then certainly they were already you know only going to be able to enjoy that which they they got and defended for a short time. Um, think,
1: about you know, that's,
0: stuff, that's, think about the stuff. Think about the stuff in in human culture that people look at and they're like, wow, that's amazing. It's usually multi generational projects, right? It's not like the thing that you do during your lifetime, then it's gone and everybody's like forgets about it.
4: 60 years feels, feels like a safe bet. I feel like, I mean, like, think about like, you know, electricity um, or, you know, the internet. Itself. The internet. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, we were talking about consumer internet. Like, I was having a, a there's a thread back there where I was talking about it with people. And like, when did the consumer internet really take off? Like, when did it become, the norm it wasn't really till like 2009 2008 like when it started to become in ingrained in smartphones like i remember my dad getting a phone and being like why the hell do i need email on my phone like i just i remember him being like i just want a phone that calls i don't even need text right now like if you you know fast forward like from and that was like 2003 um 2004 was like you know when the phones just started happening. right adam but when, when did the internet right? start internet started in the 70s yeah
0: was it not the seventies? Really. Hell yes, nineteen
9: sixty
4: nine. Yeah, but that was like DARPA and like the CSNet and like. Nah, but that's that's that
7: analogous was, to the first couple of years but, of Bitcoin. But, but, Although, but exactly, that's what it
0: what, was, what yeah. Bitcoin yeah. is is TCP/IP. What but if Bitcoin from, is tcp
4: The amount of users, right? Like there was there was maybe hundreds of users, and they were like universities and groups of people. Like when it became a, when I when I consumer internet, I mean the private like in your home, which was dial up, and that was like ninety one right? Um, that's like dial-up was like 1990, 1990. Remember those still, modems and the noise they made? Brother,
0: that's yeah, yeah. I do remember that. That's still, right. that's so like the 34-year adoption path right now. And we're still, there's still 2 billion people not connected to the internet or more, right?
4: No, no, right, but it doubled from 91 till where we're at today. It doubled every like three or three and a half years, right? The actual nominal amount of users doubled. double. You can look at the graph. It's like, right, it's, it's relatively exponential that way. It doubles every three, it was like 3.7 years. Um, and we where we're at today is like, we probably aren't more 12 years away from putting everyone on the internet, right? It'll be very, there'll be a lot less people off the internet than, than are on the internet, which we're already crossing that threshold. So like it, it speeds up. Right. And that's, and that's kind of what I think about with where we're at. It feels like we're just before the normalization. Like we're a decade before the normalization, um, where it's, it's strange to not know about it it's strange to not have interacted with it. Where today, it's not that strange if you haven't interacted with Bitcoin.
0: Dude, right? I'm like, so, like I am so looking forward to torturing my grandchildren with stories of back in the day. Bitcoin. I
4: used to have, They used to be 12 Bitcoin when I would mine a block.
1: Now I sent someone 5,000 sats because their meme was funny. Piccolo, jump in here, man. Good morning. Oh
9: okay. my turn. Okay. Uh, first TC, you said that, you know, in about five years, people will be able to run notes on their phone. You can actually do it now, like the Blix wallet. It's on in beta, but essentially it's a, a Neutrino node, which is like a Lightline node setup. You can run in your phone. Works better on I- Android than, uh, than iOS. You know, Pumpus, uh, that's the guy who created it. Really doing a good job. Number two, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, when I mine, but I'm also a Lightning maximalist and I don't find it contradictory. Just now, Adam, as you were saying it, because the way I look at it is, look, Lightning doesn't exist without the main chain, right? That's why we call it layer two. You know, it's got to be built on layer one. We're not Ethereum where we can build shit on cloud, right? It's going to be built on <laughs> solid no, right, uh, base layer. Do you understand? So Lightning yeah, like, maximalists are main chain maximalists as well. That's my main point.
4: It's like contradictory. Like and I'm not like, you know, make sure to give miners fees or anything. I'm just more like from a I don't really me personally, I don't mind like it's like it's not like I'm panicked over spending twenty-three cents rather than one cent. Um then I, I guess I don't spend that much Bitcoin, right? Like I don't move much. Um and I'm I'm low time like I don't mind, like I said, waiting like a day for shit to settle. Um I guess if I was a business, maybe I would get to a to a point um where I would be like, you know. You know, if I'm accepting 7,000 sat, you know, $2 transactions, then yeah, like 20 cents is, you know, right. like, phenomenal. You're you're a
9: pupusa seller in El Salvador, for example, you would want lightning. You don't want, like, you don't want to give up your BC1 address, a new one every time, right? You want lightning invoices.
4: Like, I think spending 20 cents on $2, right? That's, you know,
8: 10%,
1: 10%, like, that's like this unit of accounts.
8: you even zap, bro?
4: No. Yeah, Adam. I don't do you even zap? It.
8: Do you know zap?
4: <laughs> I don't. I don't spend small amounts of Bitcoin. Like I'm not. I'm not going to the fruit stand in El Salvador. Like um, i just. I just. It's not part of my, my daily life.
0: Well, I can just see it. I can see a day where it's just more and more stuff is going to go over Lightning. Like you can. You can do this thing where you can buy stuff. Um, Using sats buying and, and buy and replace all KYC free. Like I'm not gonna get into details, but you can do that stuff. It's why yeah,
4: but like you guys ever use BTC pay server where even on chain where like you broadcast the transaction and within like one second, like the order's confirmed. And like, yeah, they're maybe They're not gonna ship your goods until there's two, three confirmations on that transaction. But it's not like you have to wait three hours before you see that
8: your order went through. Like, you yeah, know,
4: the, the mem tool is pretty efficient.
8: I think for e-commerce, it makes, like, on-chain is, is probably good enough for most cases. I think it's the in-person purchases where lightning shines. Hey, man, yeah.
7: why are not both. You know, it's like if you're moving not large not amounts both? of money, on-chain is, like, king. If you, if you watch this stuff on a daily basis, you'll see billion-dollar transactions go through where they pay less than a dollar fee. Like, that is mind-blowing at the same time that pupusa scenario is legit too and we're going to see that more and more and a lot of people who live in the u.s may not encounter that a lot but over time certainly by the end of this decade you're going to be seeing a lot more of that you're going to really appreciate lightning and you're probably going to appreciate e-cash and other solutions that uh, speed up and, and create even more privacy uh as well you mean, you know, I mean i'm not you, gonna like said
6: like... now fed now is gonna gonna not be good That's no you'll like you. that peter I don't know about the rest
4: of this, but you'll like it. Wait, but but hold on. At the same time, like it, it is indicative how early we are because I was I was just dancing around the mempool the other. day. I was just checking things out, and it was when you know average average next block was something like thirty five plus sats per byte, right? Which is relatively high. And I was looking through transactions, and I, I don't know if it's these ordinals or or stamps or whatever people are throwing in <laughs> into um the mempool, but there was an Absurd amount of transactions that were like, they were like 25,000 sats, so like four or five bucks, and they paid like $184 in fees. Right. And I'm like, what? They paid like, a, like 600, 700,000 sats in fees. And I'm like, what is happening? Right. Is this, is this has to be either the, the you know, minor, like is this ant pool that's doing this? Like are they trying to inflate fees that? Sounds on their like own a stamps transaction, or is it a stamps, right? Like, I mean, I, I can go find it right now and post it. Like if there's, and it's every block, right? There's absurd fees being paid for ten thousand sat transfers, and I, I can't make sense of it. Yeah, the um, ten thousand
7: sat ones are the inscriptions. The they almost always transfer ten thousand sats.
4: So, so but people are paying like two hundred plus, you know. Dollars oh, I've seen over a million rate. sats. Yeah, for over a, a million sat transfer. Plus dollars, right? And so, are they just betting on banking on the this? Yes. This, being worth you know 10 million sats hopefully when they try to bring it to market yeah
7: they're banking on scamming someone into paying
2: them more because <laughs> just gotta get it on there though
4: like whoever came whoever invented this whoever created this Casey? had to be a mine it had to be a miner. Right? Nope.
9: Like, <laughs> no 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 it's, it's, it's,
4: this is pure this is pure like let. Like, how do i how could i convince people to inflate the fee market
1: yeah, I mean. better than that,
9: somebody, if you go back to your UTXO set far enough, somebody may pay you a bunch of sats for your one stupid fungible set and then they can call that rare sats, which yeah, that's again, yeah, you exotic exotic sat. yeah, exotic, Woo-hoo. I still don't believe that, exotic rare oh, whatever. Sets.
4: by the way, this is not new to the world, right, like the, the the one example I can give is, you know, physical gold and silver, what I can tell you right now is any gold or silver coin with the depiction of a naked woman on it has a massive premium over other physical silver and gold, right? Like you can
0: go out there and look. You're making it's that up. Fact.
4: I'm not making that up. Go to eBay and go look, right? Um, that's a fact. But at the same time, it's like if I took an ounce of gold and I signed my name on it, and then I wouldn't sold it for two ounces of gold. Like that's literally what people are doing. A fact.
0: That's funny. Okay, so in, you know, in other um, lightning news, in other lightning news, Wicked apparently... Got Brian, my tweets get auto-deleted Armstrong to admit that he's going to integrate Lightning into Coinbase. Do you guys see that? Yeah, but that but that's after he
4: created Coinbase ETH for the unstaking protocol. <laughs> okay.
9: Hey, he needs a laundering mechanism, you guys. Come on.
0: Let him. Okay, just, okay, you okay, okay. You guys have completely lost the new people. Explain yourselves.
1: I'm just trolling. Um, no, I mean, I would, say that, I would say that like people have been giving him crap. Pierre
4: O'Shard has been like a gentleman about it for years. Um, about Coinbase implementing Lightning, um, especially when he when Pierre was working at Kraken, he was like, if, especially once Kraken got it implemented, he was like trolling Brian constantly, very respectfully, of, of course. And then finally, what five days ago or something, Brian responds, like, I t- you're gonna like, t- let's take him at his word. Which, what does that mean to you? Um, not, not a lot to me, you know. So, like, maybe the six-year clock countdown has happened now. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath. And sure. even if he does, what does it matter? Well, like what does that really do?
8: Like, I wouldn't right? hold my breath either. But at the same time, you know, a CEO of a of a billion, you know, multi-billion-dollar corporation usually doesn't say something like that unless they have it already, you know, designated to a product team and or officially in the backlog. I mean, that would be pretty irresponsible as a CEO to even, man. even, even in a tweet to say something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, he said state is cut.
8: So well, what do you expect?
1: But hold on. You know, hold
9: I used on, to man. think oh, he has points, but he doesn't do all he does oh. is he wants to cozy out to the SEC and just get his shit regulated and everybody
8: else pops out. That's definitely true. I mean, I do this, think, I, do. I think lightning, you know, Li- lightning has an interesting, uh, benefit for coinbase that people are ignoring in that um it makes bitcoin easier to on like to get back onto coinbase and also i feel like if they do release anything it'd be like their own custodial lightning wallet where they're now just going to control more people spending bitcoin you know like wait
4: but hold on right now with back to kind of what we were talking about earlier which is crazy it's i'm pretty sure i mean someone can check me on this from what i understand coinbase used to If you like say you were going to, you wanted to deposit into Coinbase or what used to be Coinbase Pro, which I think is now like Coinbase something else. um, You used to get a different deposit address. Like, you know, they and they used to say like, you know, this is good for X amount of time, like only send one transaction to this address. Now, like I'm pretty sure you have one address that is attached to your account and it doesn't change. Like from what I can tell, like I still have a Coinbase account that I never use. And every time I log in, like the same. And it's a, you know, it's an L1 address. It's not one of the the BC1 addresses, right? It's like a, you know, it's like a 3HK address. Um, and them.
9: that's why I burned my Coinbase account. And they wanted more KYC yeah. shit after they did so that they, last year. No more. So
4: back, back to what I said about accounting. Like, they must have, they must have like been audited. And they must have kind of thrown their hands up and been like, shit, we don't really know how much this user's deposited because... Like the address changes every time. And and then finally they were like, okay, well, the only way that we can, you know, track our millions of users is they all give one address. And then we can always just go to the freaking node and look at the whole history of what their address is and see how many times they deposited, when they did it. And if they sold, we can go, you know, cross-reference that. And then we can go sell. Adam, you mean the
9: database? Don't give them that much credit. You mean the database? Not the The database.
4: Excel spreadsheet. um, Google Sheets. Google Sheets. So, like, I don't really know if them putting, getting Lightning is, well, I'm not really sure where the consumer benefit is. It's probably, it's probably just so they can get their, their hands on more custodial Bitcoin, right? That's a goal. But Brian Armstrong's got more shares of Coinbase than he does Bitcoin, probably. Um, that being said, he was really early. Just who knows if he held, right? I mean, it's hard to hold Bitcoin when you're, especially when you're trying to start a company. You, you probably put all his Bitcoin into Coinbase, which wasn't a terrible thing, right? I, mean, I suspect it's hard to hold
0: people. Bitcoin, period and that's probably something we should talk about a little bit for people who are new like incredibly market. major the major goal here is to stack your bitcoin don't sell it stay solvent and if you if if you it's kind of like imagine you're you're figuring out bitcoin you're like okay this is the pathway through to the other side of all this crazy nonsense that's happening in the world right now all this lizard person New potential law stuff they're trying to pass, all of this C B D C stuff, all of this just crazy, crazy stuff. And you're like, okay, this is the lifeboat that's gonna get me through to the other side. However, in order to deploy this lifeboat, you have to walk across a minefield. And this minefield is full of scammers. It's full of people who's gonna try to get you to put your seed phrase into a website. It's full of people who are gonna say, Hey, I'll trade your Bitcoin for you. Just send it to me. It's it's full of all kinds of perils. It's full of like, what if you happen to lose your job and you're under some kind of financial pressure and, you know, you're, you're thinking, well, I could sell my Bitcoin.
4: Yeah, I think, I think the two valleys that you're talking about, right, to simplify it, there, there's greed and there's liquidity, right? There, there's those that will pry on your greed. They'll say, hey, buy my shitcoin. It's going to 10x against Bitcoin or 100,000x against a dollar or, hey, give me your Bitcoin and you'll earn 3%. Or, hey, give me your Bitcoin to trade, you'll earn 25%. So that's, that's They'll play on your greed, And then there's liquidity. And the thing about Bitcoin is it is so liquid. It makes gold look stupid. It makes real estate look like you're trying to sell, a, you know, a boat from 1807. Um, it's, you know, I can, b- before I get, like, before I step in the shower, I can sell a million dollars of Bitcoin and have access to that, like, by the time I'm, I'm drying off, right? Um. When economic times get tough, the most liquid assets typically go first that's just that's just human behavior right That's just where can I get cash i need I have bills I have shit I need to you know spend right now I need food today. The most liquid stuff goes first. people don't usually sell their car first um, but if it gets to that point, usually their bitcoin's gone if they're selling their car and so greed and liquidity are the two things you have to fight against, and those are strong forces, right? And you have to really think about that. And that's where low time preference comes in. That's where you have to really consider, hey, you know, if this thing is worth $120,000 in three years, this is going to be a painful sale. I'm, I mean, I've already had it, right? I mean, I've, I've sold Bitcoin when it was like $6,300 at times, right? Now, I mean, I bought it at 3,000 too. I, and I bought it all the way up and I've had to sell it at times because I was earning it for work. Um, like I look back and it's painful. Right. But saving in Bitcoin is really rewarding. And so, you know, you have to you you just have to make that choice as an individual and try to carry as much value in the future as you can. Right. I think I think that's the beauty of it, is that it teaches individuals that's, you know, and it rewards individuals for saving over a long period of time where that is never really that hasn't been the case for a long time. Right. It's like buy bonds, buy stocks, buy real estate. That's the only way to bring value into the future and you got to speculate no longer. You can just save. Um, That's the way to treat it. Right. But greed and liquidity.
0: Yeah. Good good luck. Let's do this. We're going to go with, we're going to go with wicked and then operation Libertas. Good morning, brother. He's had his hand up waiting patiently for like a long, long, long time. Uh, So wicked, then operation Libertas, and we're going to do some announcements and then we're going to keep rolling. Also I want to say good morning to Nat Brunel. Good morning. Thanks for joining us.
3: Good morning. Can't wait to hear what you guys are talking about.
0: All kinds of all kinds of shenanigans this morning. Wicked, please up.
8: Yeah. So I was going to say, I mean, one thing I think will be interesting over the next you know, few years as Bitcoin becomes better understood by the public and by you know, regular folk is whether it's going to be that that source of liquidity that people go to to get cash when they're nervous. And, you know, if it will start to become more of a risk off type of asset where, you know, it's the it's the thing that they sell other things for in times of uncertainty. And I almost feel like, I mean, you know, who knows? We can speculate about this most recent bump, you know, that kind of correlated with the the bank failures. But I almost wonder if that was actual causation and people were starting to wake up in that instance and realizing that cash is actually a lot more dangerous to hold than Bitcoin.
1: Man, that's a fair point. I think we're a ways
0: away before people are going to be, you know, I, my personal belief is going there's going to come a point in time where you can buy anything with Bitcoin. People will sell you their cars, their homes, their land. They're, they'll try to sell you their cars, their homes, their land in exchange for just a little bit of Bitcoin. These would be the people that wait. And... You know, when Bitcoin is over a million dollars a coin or 5 million or 10 million a coin, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I should have got some Bitcoin. I need to get Alex, some <laughs> yeah. can you talk to Jimmy Song about that? He'll fight you.
9: Really? Why? What's the, what's uh-huh. can you uh,
1: uh, somehow
9: Go listen to the recorded space where they're talking about, you know, the Bitcoin magazine one with Asian adoption. Jimmy's been doing his Asian tour and, uh, dude, he makes me feel a little bit bearish, but I'm not going to let him get me down. Not going to care. That was from this morning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Did you hear it? I was like, bro, why are you so fucking, ah, oh, stop being bearish, goddammit.
0: You got you got to summarize. We need some context here.
9: No, Jimmy was just saying, because he was at, you know, Bitcoin Beach Boracay in the Philippines. And basically, uh, you know, people were accepting lightning, but they weren't keeping things in Bitcoin Sash just converting it to like the Philippine peso. So kind of the strike experience. No, that's okay. Much. That's
0: different though. That's yeah. different. You're, yeah. you're talking about know, a different thing. Like in context, No, no, no. Completely different thing.
9: No, but he was talking about the whole, when he talked about, you know, adoption, it's not only payments. He was talking about, if you don't get a store value, which he thought, which he termed as bottoms up, whereas payments he was terming as top down with centralized nodes, companies, et cetera, which isn't wrong. So he said, unless you can get that bottoms up right, uh, you know, you're not gonna get. Yeah. To the I feel land. like
0: these two so, things are gonna converge in the middle. Like, there, those are two different use cases. Money I agree, is, but one go fight them. situation where, nah, nah, I don't need to fight crap. Like, Bitcoin's a honey badger. It's like you <laughs> to think. Well, but like, I'm all you know, good with that.
4: But, but hold on, like spending Bitcoin is the same as selling it, right? Like, so like, it's, again, it's all liquidity, right? So, like, if I if I can pay my bills in Bitcoin, like deciding to do that is at the end of the day. It's, you know, from my point of view, that's selling my Bitcoin for a service or a good. Right. So, Okay. So do you use like
0: Wicked's that, terminology, we should never say selling Bitcoin. It's always buying other things, including U.S. dollars. So if you're buying U.S. dollars for your yeah, Bitcoin, that's what I should have said. Don't do that.
4: Right. Oh. And those that are paycheck to paycheck, like, they've got no other option, right? Like, if you, if you need to pay rent and you've got $1,000 Bitcoin and you rent $1,000, like, you know, if, you're, if your landlord's not going to take the food in your pantry as payment, like, you're probably going to have to part with that point. And that's, yeah. you know, that's the sad reality of the world is that there's many people that don't have the means really to, to save value because they're, they're, they have to spend the value they, they make. Um,
0: By the, so the way, stay solvent.
4: A I think, of,
1: yeah.
9: Go ahead. No, I think his point was that ultimately the institutions and the custodians will end up with, you know, the private keys and your Bitcoin. Ultimately, that's kind of what he was saying because, of, well, I, you know, I, I, I if you look at payment natural. as the spearhead, and not you know the self custody part and he's not wrong i don't think he's wrong i
4: mean I don't, i'm just going to be some indeed. of that of course like i think it, there's the, there's the natural distribution of of resources right like if you look at it i mean this is in nature too right where where i think it, it's not that abnormal if you were to give everybody on earth like a million dollars right i think if you fast forwarded 6 years what you would find is that you know 80% of the wealth is held by 20% of the people yeah. Right. But with fiat, what's been exa- it's been exacerbated. It's where you have like 99.99% of the wealth held by 0.01% of the people. Um, because that 0.01% of the people can act, you know, they're right next to the money printer. Um, and they, they've been endowed with that, that special privilege. And so, I don't think Bitcoin is not about, you know, equality. Um, but those who sacrifice.
0: It's meritocratic. Now, be rewarded. yeah. here's the thing, Adam, you need to keep in mind. This, this kind of discussion scares a lot of people. There is a very large portion. Yes, reality is scary. There's a, but, but, but what happens to all the people who are less capable of producing value? What, what happens to them?
4: I mean, they're, uh, what happens to, to those who in a meritocracy don't bring merit, right? They, they don't, they don't, they aren't rewarded like those who do. I, I mean. This is, this is where
0: this is where family units come right? from, no? This is where family units come from. Because families are essentially, we're gonna get way off track and down a rabbit hole on this, but families are essentially communistic in in operation, right?
4: Well, right, but this is also where, you know, the the hyper focus of, of capital and attention toward that which brings humans value um will be driven, right? We're you know, like one of the examples I've, I've used oftentimes in talking to people is like, why are there a, a million throw yo shops all over the place? Like, is it because people really demand frozen yogurt on every fricking suburban block? Like, no, I don't really think they do. It's just when you have tons of fiat money, you can't hold it in cash because you lose to inflation. So you have to go invest it in things that hopefully will have a better return than just a pile of dollars sitting on a pallet like in your basement. And a business, you know, typically earn some return if it's in an area where there's you know population grows and people have some money to go buy some froyo, even if they don't really demand. It. but in a in a Bitcoin world, nobody would take their Bitcoin and buy a froyo franchise because unless they were like just one hell of a froyo maximalist, and they really thought frozen yogurt in- increased the human experience and brought value to their community.'re um, okay. you're only going to take a risk with your bitcoin if you think it brings value, because you have to get a return. Otherwise, you're just going to hold Bitcoin. And so that's where I think, you know, the meritocracy comes in, where people will start focusing on that, which really provides human or value to humans. Otherwise, they'll just save.
7: Hey, just to circle quick back to the, the thing with the Jimmy song and the, um, you know, custodial or what people are doing with Bitcoin. It, it, it's interesting to see the phase that we're at right now, because there's actually a huge growth in the number of, places people can get bitcoin even despite all the friction and attacks on crypto platforms and stuff i was just at a family gathering on sunday and talking to an 80 year old family friend who was excited to find out that he could buy a bitcoin spot on um, fidelity and i just made sure to say hey talk to your broker and find out what their plans are to allow you to withdraw that to your own wallet and he was like check yeah. he, he like i could see the light bulb go off there and he understands that like there's this dynamic where there's going to be places where you can use Bitcoin in a rapid Bitcoin, look like you're acquiring Bitcoin. But, you know, the the real question to me is how much does the public demand, you know,
4: the ability to self-custody? And that's going to play a big part too. in that whole thing. I think pain has to come first. I think people need to lose. Like, I think we need to see... Sometimes, like sometimes. I
1: mean, like, I, know you know,
4: I know a Boomer, I started him out with cold storage. I walked him through... You know, I showed him like, hey, listen, you write these 24 words down. I sent like 100,000 sats to a wallet. I deleted the wallet off of his device, like literally just took it away, went to an offline blue wallet, restored the thing, and he saw the 100,000 sats there. So I was like, look, listen, you can delete all this and just keep these words. And these 24 words, you can go anywhere in the world, type them in, and you have access to that money, right? And, and that was cool to him. That was scary. Two months you know, later, I- he, asked, he asked me to help him throw his money back into Coinbase.
1: Right. A a possible thing, too, is, you know, you
7: know, self-custody is actually going to prevent some of these large institutions from um, bankrupting themselves. Right. Because if they don't allow people to take the coin off, inevitably, like a lot of them are going to start like, hey, a lot of them are going to start hypothecating, rehypothecating it, and Dude. they're going to get into a situation Dude. where they end up in trouble. And so you they need you're, to be able to allow people to take it off.
0: Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that people taking self-custody is going to help them not bankrupt themselves. Yes. Listen to yourself, man. They're going to find
9: a way to bankrupt themselves. Follow me, Alex. Hey, <laughs> okay. BC has a point. It's not only about proof of reserves. It's also proof of liabilities. And once they figure that they can take three or four times leverage, on the most like pristine collateral ever maybe even more they're, watch the fuck out your bitcoin estate
0: they're gonna create all kinds of shenanigans watch mark my yeah. words it's not over well, it's yet cool. okay wait 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 listen it's cool we need to get announcements we're like 10 minutes into the second hour we haven't done that yet you maniacs have been going off today um And then we're going to go with Operation Libertas and we'll keep the conversation rolling. But you're listening to Cafe Bitcoin. Good morning and welcome. If you've never been here before, we do talk about Bitcoin. We do it every day, Monday through Friday. We start at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Roll for two hours. The place for your morning news. Preferred hanging over some of the smartest minds in the industry. Also, a guest on Fountain, Spotify, and Apple. Yeah. We are helping with a crowdfunding campaign where all profits beyond production costs go to Bitcoin Core and open source lightning development. So, there's an article written by Bitsteen called Everyone is a Scammer. It's now read by Guy Swan and on vinyl. There should be a link in the Nest to go check that out if you want to participate in that and help that thing out. Swan is sponsoring the Toxic Happy Hour Pled Party in Miami on May 18th. I'm going to be at that. I hope you guys are too. Link in the Nest for tickets. And by the way, if you're a Swan Private client and you want to go to that thing, reach out to your Swan Private rep. We have got a Big chunk of those tickets for our clients. What else? Oh, check out Swan IRA. It's live. If you want to put Bitcoin you, or using your IRA, either an existing or a new one, you can do that with Swan. If you have an existing IRA and you're looking at all these assets, these fiat assets, and you're like, my God, I really hope those don't blow up. You would rather own Bitcoin instead? Well, we can do that for you. You can, it's as simple as opening an account, literally say, hey, turn this on. It takes two seconds. It takes less than 30 seconds to actually, once your SWAN account is improved, approved, Excuse me, to actually turn your IRA on, set one up. It's very fast. And then you can transfer assets from an existing. All right, that's all I'm going to say about SWAN. Operation Libertas, you've been so patient. Good morning, brother. What do you got?
1: Morning, Alex.
10: Hey, we're Bitcoiners. We're patient. We have low time preference. Um, so thanks for waiting out and holding out on me. Um, and be patient with me as I ask maybe like a knuckle dragger kind of question. So earlier we were talking about UTXOs and using different addresses. And I just want to kind of make sure I have this right. And anyone else that might have questions that's listening. Um, when you say use different addresses, are you just talking about using different receive addresses or are you also saying like use a different wallet at the end because they can see where it's ending up at the end point
7: if that makes sense what you do is what you need to you need to look at the tools you're using and you need to when you hit receive pay close attention the second time you hit receive is it giving you the same address or a different one and and you can also kind of like research your tools directly and find out does it automatically give you the next unused address if it's a real bitcoin wallet and you actually hold the keys to it, there's over 4 billion receive addresses, and most of the good, not all, but most of the good wallet software and apps out there will automatically give you the next unused address when you hit receive. Just pay attention to it and note that it's a different address each time.
0: Yeah, so other, a, from
1: a yeah, terminology have,
4: standpoint, the word wallet can mean thousands and thousands of receive addresses, and, which then become send addresses. Right? Billions. 4,
0: four billion over $4 yeah.
4: billion. But really, you're not going to use billions. What I'm saying is you know, where there's going to be a balance, you, know, you may have thousands of little pieces of Bitcoin, that, and then your wallet says you have two Bitcoin. Really, you have thousands of addresses or hundreds of addresses that add up to two Bitcoin. So I'd like to chime in here because I'm the boomer on the
6: stage who's done all of this. Um, what, what I have done is I have created four separate wallets Uh, One for a Roth, one for IRA, one for a traditional IRA, one for non-KYC and one for KYC corn. That's just the way I've done it. Um, I have done coin control um, and coin control that I've done has been based on what Wicked was saying and Adam, that most of my UTXOs, not all, but most of my UTXOs are in in a range of several hundred thousand to a few million uh, SATs. And um, the other thing is, is that when you are taking uh, Bitcoin off of exchanges like Swan and uh, Stripe, for example, um, they don't charge you a fee uh, to do that. Well, I guess they do charge you a fee because it's probably built into the price, just like you don't get charged for uh, an oil change when you get get three years service or whatever when you buy a car. But in any case, you don't get charged an extra fee. And so that's a perfect time to do it because you're basically um, sending the Bitcoin without um, being charged for that fee in any case.
10: And so I am tracking that like every time I do a receive, yeah, it is a different uh, address. I did. I was surprised to learn that there was over four billion. That's pretty cool. Um, and then, so I guess another follow up, kind of like for some newbies out there, are there? Because I know Ledger is like one of the more popular wallets, but I've heard that it has some issues. And I know there's everybody has their own answer to this question, but for anybody that's kind of new, are there better wallets than others?
4: Yeah, I think Treasure Cold Card is better than, than Ledger. Ledger kind of scares the shit out of me, um, mainly because they, they're really focused on you know, having all of this versatile multi-coin NFT nonsense. And that's where they're constantly throwing updates to the firmware and to their, their like ledger live software support. Um, but you got to remember at the end of the day, like the term wallet is always tough as well. Cause it's a signing device, right? It's a device that keeps um, private, the, the private part of the information that you need to, that you need in order to sign a transaction in order to spend from those addresses. And so Designing devices i'd say it's relatively important, um, but what's most important is having it backed up right it's having the backup information where you can take your treasure or ledger, throw it in the ocean, and go anywhere to any wallet and bring those those twenty four words to life whenever you need to um, that's that's the key right because then you've got to failsafe then you've got then you can make small errors and you know step on your your ledger or have their firmware be something that you know breaks the thing, and you can just you know not panic. You can still have access to your to your private key. So I think that's just the most vital piece of information is the backup. I, I would add to that. Um, I, I
7: think Adam's absolutely correct. You you should look for software and hardware that's Bitcoin only. If it's has support for other crypto assets, that uh, at the at the very least means that the people that developed it have split attention as far as uh building things with purpose and 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 security for bitcoin um and then on on the worst end of the spectrum there's all kinds of vulnerabilities possibly um as far as ledger specifically one of the reasons i'm not a fan of referring people to them is because they like several other hardware makers uh steer the people who use those uh, pieces of hardware to use specific software to connect it to so when you're using Ledger you're connecting it to your computer using some ledger software and you're if you know it or not you're using their nodes when you're doing everything so um it, it's that's some kind of sort of guidelines to to use when you're examining different equipment out there um bitcoin only and hopefully something that doesn't steer you to a specific piece of software that hardware manufacturers expecting you to use Yeah, for
4: example, right, so I I had a ledger, and um, I went, like, a year and a half, almost two years without signing a transaction um, with, like, the small amount of Bitcoin that I had on there. And it was for, like, it was a small company, a business that I run account, and we had some end-of-the-year, next-year expenses, and so I opened it up to um, sign a transaction, and I had to update the firmware, like, three times, right, and... (laughs) And like, I I couldn't use it. Like, I went to go sign a transaction, it wouldn't work. It was giving me like some error. You know, obviously, I'm like a little panicked, but I've got a backup. So, like, I'm at the worst case, I could reestablish this. But I had to update the firmware like three times before I could finally set a transaction. And, you know, from that, it's like just red flags. I just, I just hate, I hate that idea. Um, so, you know, I, I I'd probably recommend going another direction. I don't, I don't really recommend in that. terms
1: of. But specific names,
9: what TC said is absolutely right. You want to go with something with Bitcoin-only firmware and the names would be like the more common one, Trezor. They now have Bitcoin-only. Uh, Bitbox O two, 2 Bitcoin-only version, great uh, little device. Foundation device, that's got Bitcoin-only. Obviously, the cold card, Bitcoin-only. Even uh, Jade by Blockstream, Bitcoin-only, but it also comes with a uh, liquid if you want to mess around with the sidechain. That's it. I like cold okay, card and sterile. Again,
6: is the boomer, again is the boomer in the room, um, I'm going to say that the first thing is, of course, to get get uh, your your corn off the exchange, so into self custody. Most people, the, the iteration that they follow is they go to a hot wallet first, then they go, oh, well, this isn't very this isn't very secure, so then they go to a cold storage device. Um, I have had hot wallets. I've had a ledger. I've had cold card. I have foundation. Um I think that the wallet or or the signing device um iteration is is a personal thing and and people are going to buy or acquire a, a, a signing device that they're going to use. And then they're going to see something that is going to be um uh more beneficial for their use case. So for instance, I like the foundation because it has and an air gap is really important here. I like the foundation because it has a camera. Now, I've also ordered the cold card, um, pre-ordered the cold card, a new device that has a camera because I like the convenience of being able to scan the QR QR
1: code.
6: Yeah, the Q one, I I pre-ordered that because I like the convenience of being able to of scan the the QR code. um, So I don't have to mess with the SD card. That's just me personally, but I think as as these things as the as the technology continues to roll out, think about it in terms of of phones, um, you know, during this transition era, when that first iPhone came out, you know, your use case of which phone that you wanted to buy. And even today, your use case of the phone that you're purchasing has to do more, has more to do with what you buy than than the actual, um, the newest hardware or the oldest hardware. It's, just, it's more about your use case. And you can look around. There's lots of different signing devices now, and they continue to improve over time. But yeah, you know getting love, off I the stage is down. the most important
4: thing. Hold on. Hold on. Like Open Dimes or paper wallets are the, I mean, you guys must use Bitcoin like daily or something to have all these signing devices. And like, like I, I don't know if I'm the only one that just like more hoards. but Open Dimes one I love just because you have to, physically puncture the thing and like compromise it before you can spend the bitcoin um so it's it's almost like a receive only but same with the paper like i love just having 24 words and you know copy down 15 20 addresses that i can deposit to and i know the bitcoin's there and i don't have like in order to spend it i have to go retrieve it but you know you could hand somebody 24 words and say like hey throw this in a safe keep it and you know if you ever need money let me know I can send Bitcoin to this 24 words and I'll tell you how to, how to, you know, retrieve this if you ever need it. I think um, the
7: use case that's pretty like common I've, is people want to stack, right? Like ongoing, you want to stack. And if you want to go to a new address each time, you're going to run out of those 20 addresses that you wrote down at some point. And what's a cool setup is to generate your wallet on one of these hardware devices and then you can move your XPub into some software like a Sparrow or Spectre or something like that. And you can very easily just access your your next unused receive address. You can keep an eye on your balance and you have your hardware device and your private keys stashed away somewhere safely. And you know that that that's that's a, a pretty pretty good setup. And that's a use case where somebody does need basically to be accessing their wallet, albeit just to, to read the next receive address and get the
9: get It's liquidity,
4: right? I don't want the liquidity. I don't want to be able to spend my Bitcoin.
7: I have to make it hard for myself, right? Like <laughs> if it's. Yeah. But if your company signing company device is stashed account. away, you got to go get it. If you're going to send, see, that's a, that's a stack only setup in, in, in a lot if of ways. You can also
8: wipe your, your keys off of your signing device. Like there's no reason why you, Honestly, unless you're spending regularly, there's no reason to keep your private keys on your signing yeah, no, device yeah. no, at no any moment in man. time. I think a lot it's of people- e- sign.: Well, yeah, C e- signer is good. A lot of people use their signing device more as a private key generator as opposed to an actual signing device. Like most people up here heh, are probably just stacking Bitcoin and not necessarily spending it. Some of us are, but, but if you're not spending it, you know, you're not signing, right? You're not actually using that signing device for signing. What you're using the signing device for is to generate your original, you know, 12 or 24 words. And then once those are generated, uh, like TC was saying, you can export your XPUB to a wallet, Sparrow, Blue Wallet, as much of walls that do this, that you set it up as like a watch only, which also allows you to generate new receive addresses. So, you know, it's like you really only need the, the sign device for the private key generation. And I, like, I, I, you know, I prefer to use signing device, so like cold card for that, um, as opposed to like, you know, I mean, there are like software programs that you can run on your computer, but I just don't trust myself with having a computer that, you know, it like supposedly is always offline or like is only offline when I'm generating those paper wallets or those private keys. I'd rather just have something that I know has never touched and will never touch, you know, the internet, like a, like a uh, air gapped a signing device, you know so when
6: when i was when i was uh, recently orange pilling a guy and i was showing him and we actually were moving some some bitcoin i was just showing him and i had forgotten how to do a transaction and it took me a minute to be able to kind of go through and go okay yeah how do i do this and then we kind of fumbled our way through it and i was able to send him some sats but it is important to, uh, this is my point, it is important to, every now and then, do a transaction so you can remember how to do it.
0: Uh, lightning. Do lightning. Moon wallet. Not nah, man, transactions 24 every words. That's
4: day. all you need. He, 24 words.
0: Wait, did, did, Operation, right. did Operation
4: Libertas ever say
0: anything? He said multiple things. And yeah, his he hand up he his...
8: asked about the hardware.
0: Okay. Yeah, That's the reason that, we're talking I, about this. I
8: forgot, because he has his hand up again. That's Okay, sure okay. I want
0: to two things two things actually two three things three things first thing um there is a thing going on where where ledgers i know a lot of people don't like those on here but ledgers look really good they're very sleek they're that they're aesthetically pleasing and because of that in my experience i notice a lot of people buy them without knowing you know if they're just if they don't know a lot like they don't have a crew like you guys to listen to they're out there looking at the different ones or like oh cold card looks a little bit like a calculator for a kindergartner. Uh, I'm not going to get that one. I'm going to get the ledger because it's nice and sleek and smooth. This is the thing. Like, that's real. And, Alex, uh, they got so,
7: ledgers in um, Best Buy, too. So, they've yeah, got ex- exactly. the product
0: availability. Exactly. So, so what I'm going to suggest to you folks is that if you're buddies with NVK, maybe, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, maybe suggest to them, make, make, a, make another version that looks, like, more sleek. Like, nah, I no, know you man. hate it. Nah. Oh, that shit. Guys, have you used to a ledger, Alex? Because they
1: it's, suck.
0: I'm not. No, no, no. I'm talking about the looks. Purely I, the I looks. I don't care about the no, buttons, Alex. Alex. Because Alex, they're they're the, the,
7: the, the, the baby looks, the looks and aesthetics guys. of something that no one should ever see is really important.
1: The guys, the, the reason exactly. people use yeah, ledgers.
6: Guys. Hold on. The reason people use ledgers is because they have a reputation of being an entry level, easy to use device. The reason people don't use cold cards is because why. they have, I'm telling you, Alex this is exactly what happened to me and a whole bunch of, okay. People. But the, Peter, the reason people don't use cold card is because they think it's going to be a difficult device to use because
0: okay, it has me, a, let me ask you a question. I know you're telling me that, but who do you think talks to more people every single day who are brand new trying to figure out which, which one to buy me or you? You. All right. Thank you for conceding that point. Because in my experience talking to real people who are trying to figure this shit out, they're like, yeah, ledger looked really cool. So I bought it.
8: Well, but especially, when, honest, they even, especially, especially when they're talking honest about millions aesthetics. of dollars worth of Bitcoin, right? It's so like, do you want to use this ledger product that looks like it's made out of metal or Dude, this you would be, cold card you would be shocked, out of, you know, made out of plastic? You,
0: you would be shocked. You would be shocked of the people who have the capacity to buy more Bitcoin than everybody listening to my voice right now combined that are like, well, that looks pretty sleek. Yeah, well, fuck and That's that
7: when they're fuck depending on you to budgets. smack them around, Alex, and help them get their right priorities. Do I, you I want it to look that. cool, or do you want it to be
0: secure know, and operate that. the way I'm that it ju- should? I'm just saying we're going to lose some of these folks. They're not going to make it through the minefield. My It's okay. Is they'll to... buy
7: in for hire later.
0: My yeah, job is trying to get people to the other side of the minefield. That's all.
1: Just trying to do that. How's that working out for you? Pretty good. I don't know. I mean, the best best would be like when it comes to resilience. It's like
4: the best would just be twenty-four words stamped on a piece of gold or piece of stainless steel, right or platinum. Um, I mean, again, this is information security. Your device just stores
0: information. Jacob just pointed out to me that that was one of three. God, you guys are like on a rampage today. Uh, I want to hear from Natalie. She's been in here and uh, on on the panel for a little bit. Nat, what's going on in your, your world? Do you have any thoughts, comments, or questions on the discussion?
3: Wow. Well, this has actually been really interesting because I get questions about cold storage all the time. And and personally, I've actually taken the advice of other Bitcoiners where, you know, it's such a big responsibility. You don't want to lead someone down a path with a specific brand and then they on their own, you know, mess something up. And so I always I always say that's something you got to research. Um, personally, I've actually experimented with a lot of them. Um, I haven't heard you guys talk about Blockstream Jade, but I'm actually a really big fan of that one. Uh, I did.
9: It's you came in now. Oh, you did. Difference. Okay.
3: I missed that. Yes. Darn. Um, but you know, it's funny. I saw, I saw the headline for this cafe Bitcoin. So I thought with mining, you guys might be discussing the New York times article as well. And, uh, I, I, I know that I, there are a lot of Bitcoiners that have been sharing some frustration with that article. And uh, I think that is warranted. However, I have to tell you, especially someone who's worked in, in news, I'm letting it just fall off my, my back because the New York Times has been so wrong on disruptive technologies since the 1800s. I mean, they reported negatively on the change from horse-drawn carriages to cars. They didn't believe that airplanes would be able to fly for like a million years. They poo-pooed space travel and the moon landing. And of course, the internet, right? Paul Krugman, I was actually pulling these old headlines. And I have to post it because I pulled a bunch of these old headlines of where they've been totally wrong on everything from the internet and technology to even they predicted an ice age in the 1970s. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those headlines. So... Uh, the New York Times always gets it wrong. (laughs) Uh, So I'm not worried about that. But it is a bummer to see, of course, that there are a lot of people out there who trust organizations and media outlets like that who are going to be perhaps delayed in their adoption of Bitcoin because they assume that they're reading correct information. And so that's what's really sad. And I I hope we can get out there and, and meet those folks where they are. Um, but yeah, just, just, uh, really excited to start this week and keep orange pulling people. Hope everyone had the chance to check out our millennial, uh, Bitcoin video from hard money and, and Hey, we're producing our own news reports. So we don't even need the New York times, right? right. We've got shows like hard money. We've got our podcast, we've got great YouTube channels, um, and all the great people that are in the space on Twitter every single day. So Bitcoin's hope and the New York times ain't going to make it.
4: Yeah. yeah, it's probably there high time go. that we we you know bring that up and and have some response to the New York Times article. I mean we got we got T Bain in here who's who's one of the uh finest minds. I don't know if you guys know, but he he wrote the cryptocurrency mining for dummies book. Um that's how I met that's how I met Blockbain. Um and, you know, I'm not sure there's anybody better more qualified to yeah. to combat the, the flood that the New York Times posted. I mean, BlockBain and I both went down to the Um, was it the city council over in Adams County when they were, when they were bringing a lawsuit against one of upstream data's customers for mining Bitcoin in the oil field, um, which inevitably get, you know, got thrown out, but we gave spoken testimony and and advocated against those council members uh, lawsuit. And, you know, I think think at the same time that we got to let the water roll off, you know, like, like the back of a duck, because the New York times is wrong. we you know intelligent fud busting has its place, and it's it's important to to point out the hollow aspects of the criticism
2: yeah hundred percent um I, I think in general they they decried like they they claimed in that recent article that um bitcoin users and and miners on the Texas, like Ercot interconnection were driving up the prices. They claimed five percent for all for all electric users in in texas to the tune of billions of dollars but it's objectively false um demand response allows for higher load factors across across the the interconnection and so every entity that interacts with the electric grid would benefit from a higher system load factor and load factors essentially just like a measurement in percentage terms of total utilization um and and so that, that would include generators distributors transmitters and 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 consumers so the fixed costs of service for that electric grid are spread across a larger user base and that helps all rate payers so you know those it's objectively false what they're claiming um, and and in fact bitcoin miners in texas caught specifically because of their demand response regimes have allowed more renewable resources such as wind and solar with variable outputs to to be interconnected and incorporated into texas's grid which has lowered the cost of energy for end consumers because you can't you know demand response is tricky and bitcoin miners in general are one of the most perfectly dispatchable load resources you can't you know when 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 energy is scarce and prices skyrocket on on the texas interconnect a hospital and a school or a grocery store like you can't just turn off a hospital but bitcoin miners are very responsive to these signals and can turn off and on um with the whims of the market and, and so kind of frees up some of that uh those resources when in times of scarcity and then can absorb those excess resources in times of abundance and spread out those fixed costs lowering the cost of ev- of every entity that interacts with that electric grid. Right? So I think it's just important. And it's just, it's objectively false what, what that fellow was claiming in that article. And yeah, obviously they have a, a storied history of, of misrepresenting technology. So it, it, you know, par for the course, I suppose. Well,
4: no, and I think it's important. Like, that's a really important distinction too, right? Like, like this is, this is not something that existed before the magic of Bitcoin. And this is what got me so excited about Bitcoin in, in early 2018. This is where I was, like I almost lost my job from talking about it, um, and I ended up leaving my job because they didn't want to listen to me. In oil and gas, is because, you know, before the the existence of Bitcoin, there was there was nowhere to put so much wasted and stranded energy and so much waste and stranded power, and that was built into to the end user's cost, right? The waste was built in because it's a fact of production, and the reason that there was no there was no way to, to dispatch this to something flexible is because anybody that was willing to build infrastructure to consume that power, like you, like you could often think about like an Amazon data center, right? Like Amazon's not gonna go and do a load curtailment deal with the grid and say, hey, only send our servers power whenever, uh, you know, whenever the people in Texas aren't demanding because then like websites would stop working, right? Like AWS would shut down at random times when all of a sudden everybody in a city of Texas, you know, throws on their air conditioner or their, their washer or dryer. And Amazon's not, they, they can't tolerate that, right? They need like 99.99% uptime. They need that energy guaranteed, right? There's no, there's no demand vertical that's okay with just taking power here and there in an unpredictable sense. And then Bitcoin came around and it made sense to implement these computers and people were willing to take risk and say, Hey, throw electricity to our computers. Anytime you have excess, we'll be, you know, we'll curtail your load. We'll take it because anytime these machines are on,
1: we're earning. and Anytime they're off,
4: you know, we're not spending money and we're fine with that. And there's
1: no, there's no
4: side to the network for ASICs turning on and off, right? There's maybe some consideration on the wear
1: of the hardware, but minimal, right? So this, this advent or this invention is new and it's
4: provably wrong that like magical flexible load known as the Bitcoin network is going to is going to be the great equalizer when it comes to, to downstream energy consumption. And so like I think a coherent response is warranted. It might take some time to put that together, but you know, those who have the understanding, those who are willing to learn. It's pretty easy to see through the nonsense. And I think, you know, just consider these very basic concepts of, you know, why would somebody spend capital to consume electricity unless there's a return? And Bitcoin mining is the perfect capital deployment tool for
1: exactly that.
0: All right. I love it. I want to encourage people, though, to also counterpunch. So... I don't like the defense. I don't like being on the defense. I don't like that they they make these kind of, you know, they they put up a FUD article and they're like, oh, this this is the horrible thing. And then the, you, Bitcoiners immediately are on the back foot defending themselves. I think we need to counterpunch more and and basically just bring it to these people um in, in ways that make sense. You know, like...
4: Yeah, I think mining in the oil field is a big one, right? Because when it comes to... they like, will oftentimes, right, Everything's measured in CO2, right? Which I, I have my own problems with measure. Like CO2 is just this like magical, arbitrary number that they get to throw out there. And it means like bad in certain circumstances. And sometimes it means good if they want it to. But what's what's fun about the mining that's going on in the oil field is, you know, but for the history of oil and gas production, all of this methane was being wasted. And if, oftentimes it was flared, which is, you know, just more or less an external combustion, right? You see a big flame in the sky out, out of a pipe, but even a flare isn't 100% efficient. And so there is, there is CH4 or methane that's being spewed, right? And anybody knows like methane stinks, right? It's like, it has a, it, it's odorous um, and it has an emissions impact in the that, air. That's no not one true. Wants to they add it.
6: the odor to it. It's odorless. Well.
4: No, but natural gas isn't, right? Like, if, if because there's, there's, there's pentane, there's hexanes, right? Like, it, it's usually not purely CH4, even though it's 90% CH4. Um, like, there, there is a heavy emissions impact relative to CO2, right? Where if you look at just the molecule, it's, what, 60, 80 times heavier. And I think it's arguable that you know, spewing methane into the atmosphere, not like something we all want to do. We, we wouldn't want to live in a high methane atmospheric environment. Um, we can't breathe methane. Hey, it's not just but,
9: methane, right? It's the sulfur. That's kind of what you smell. You know, there's not a lot of no, I mean, that. That's, that's,
4: that's sour gas, right? Like there's not a lot of that. But regardless, a high methane environment like isn't ideal. Whereas CO2 plants, like, like you guys can Google right now. Like you can type in, you know, CO2 generator and you can buy this little like bucket system that you're supposed to put in your greenhouse and it'll increase your plant yield. Right? It'll make your plants boom faster and grow bigger. Um, like you can, How you weird is that? What are
0: you trying to say? No, are you things. trying to say something along the lines of plants eat CO2 or something like that? What are you saying? It's a
4: weird chemical reaction, right? Where CO2 plus H2O with plants and they create oxygen. They, they return the carbon to the soil and they leave O2. And that's why forests are great. Um, but at the Ooh. end of the day, like the. Photosynthesis.
9: Have- you guys remember ninth grade biology?
4: <laughs> yeah, it's photosynthesis. Um but the cost to do that is is huge. It's not it's really not So
0: a, so, so in oil. other words that the idiocracy is trying to tell you that 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 CO, CO2 is bad because it's bad and like plants eating CO2 is bad and like oxygen therefore is probably bad. Uh, you know this yeah, there's the f- counter it's, it's
9: a, they're anti idiocracy. plants Alex that's the conclusion. They hate plants. Mm-hmm. They don't want plants to live.
1: Okay, okay so I started a question we're this is all about now. Little...
6: This is all okay. math. How, how do the reporters get the math wrong? Where do they get this information?
2: The, the reporters in this case not only they not only got the math wrong, they got the town in Texas wrong, where this mine is hosted. They didn't even fact-check the towns, but in, in general, I would say they're getting their sources from Alex DeVry's he, who works at the Dutch Central Bank and d- puts out this data as a hobby. And his data, we've talked about it here a couple times, but it's it, the methodology that he uses to, to calculate and estimate the Bitcoin network energy consumption, he does an economics-based calculation. So he, he's, yeah, it's total garbage. He, he essentially, in, in like the premise of his, you know, his hypothesis, he asks, how much energy can the Bitcoin network afford to mine so he takes total rewards over any given day and miners were paid this much to mine and so they must be using all of that in in energy costs like they must be purchasing yes. all yeah, that God energy God to do forbid so
4: they're profitable. God forbid they're
2: profitable exactly so he he just takes these really awful assumptions this really nasty approach and he, he overestimates it by 10 times I would say in in certain situations and over certain time intervals, you know, when Bitcoin's price is skyrocketing and it goes 10x, does that mean that the network's using 10 times more electricity? No. And that's what, what's, what's more frustrating about that calculation is, A, how widely it's cited, and, and B, the, the fact that there, there is a much easier way you could take a physics-based approach to estimate the network consumption. Yeah, and you, in you fact, have, you, you have see Cambridge. Talent.
4: You could take a lot of per and just go based on that.
2: And you right. see, you see entities like Cambridge is like with their, I forget what they're called, the energy estimation tool or whatever, but they have, they've actually published these, these ranges and these estimations and they're, they're decent and they do a physics-based approach, which is like, you know, really, really easy, like a uh, uh, calculation to take. It's almost like a right. physics-based stoichiometry. So, so
0: this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm hearing. You guys are like, you know. The Spartans in in the hot gates. You've got your shields up. You deflected all the the bullshit. What's the counterattack? I want to hear about the counterattack. Let's go with Ant then Natalie and think about the counterattack.
5: Yeah, thanks, Alex. I had a couple of of you know issues with this article as well this morning. I mean, first and foremost, you know the hazy photo that they used for you know to to showcase this this article. I mean, if you've ever been to Texas, I mean, especially in that area, there's like zero small. like that. That area is beautiful, big blue sky. So right away, you know, they're trying to deceive us with this with this obviously doctored image. Um, The second thing is, y'all mentioned it earlier about how you know they're you know they were they were talking they were talking about how you know uh, these miners will turn off their 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 rigs at you know high demand times and and the way that they framed it, they vilified them for it, you know, and they they basically say it in the lines too. They're saying you know. This incentive was made to, you know, uh, help with the load. They're saying that on one hand, but then on the other hand, they vilify the miners for availing themselves of, of that, you know, incentive. Uh, the other thing was there was a piece what's, in there you about- You know what's a
0: crack up to me about that? It's like you don't see the whole banking industry shutting off just so that Texas no. can have power and not freeze during the winter, right? It would be the equivalent of that. How about the, no. the entire banking industry shuts off? All you guys fucking go home, turn off all the power. They also, the
6: compare it, they also compare it to the current price of Bitcoin so that the reward is much smaller currently than it would be um, if Bitcoin's price is much higher.
4: Well, but hold on. Like, as an offensive, what I was getting to in the oil field is it's, it's, there's cost to mitigating waste and there's cost to emission, right? And nobody's going to take on that cost just for the sake of doing a good thing, right? If you look at these environmental initiatives, they always look at, like, you know, per $1,500 invested, you can, you can take away one, you know, cubic foot of CO2 emissions, right? Like that's, it's literally like a dollar per CO2 emissions sequestered. It's how they talk about their environmental initiatives. When if you look at Bitcoin mining, the, without any regulation, without any, you know, fundraising or cocktail events, people are going out, risking their capital. I was one of these people in 2018 buying infrastructure to go mitigate this this methane waste and internally combust it, take on ongoing costs, right? Maintain that generator, pay somebody to go out there and change the oil, blah, blah, blah. And what's the emissions, right? It's CO2 and water, right? So you take CH4, you turn it into CO2 and water. And if that's not done, it's costing the oil and gas producer either in in an emissions tax or liability um, and, and they have a lower production rate, or they even have to shut the well down, right? So they they actually can't produce the oil because the gas that comes with it is too expensive to mitigate, and the oil's not you know no longer worth it. It doesn't produce enough. Shut the whole thing down, and they're out of business. And so, as like an offensive, like without any regulation, without anybody forcing it, without any taxpayer liability, people are going out there and taking a risk to improve air emissions quality on their own dime. Um, simply because the Bitcoin
1: network exists. Right? Awesome. I, I mean, that's, okay. a, that's, that's my, magic. the banking industry as well. Where been... oh, you guys are getting unruly. And
0: let's fi- uh, you finish your point, and then we're gonna go with Natalie.
1: Okay, thanks. Yeah, the
5: other thing that uh, was in there was, um, so they they talk about how other industries. They actually touch on it. They say, yeah, you know, because it's almost like they expect that we're gonna, you know combat this. But they, they say, yeah, other industries use more, you know, uh, energy, but they're basically spurring economic developments. And they, they leave out the fact that Bitcoin is the economic development. And uh, the, the, the last thing that I had was, um, there was a piece in there about, I mean, listen, unless you're like plugging your miners up to like, you know, a geothermal uh, situation or, or directly, you know, I mean, then you're using electricity. And one of the uh, miners in that article made the point that, you know, they're not choosing to use like dirty or clean, quote unquote, you know, however you want to, you know, power, you know, they're, they're using electricity, uh, until the energy density is solved, like problem is solved. I mean, the, the ESG fans are going to hate it, but coal, gas, oil, like it's still going to be here to make this electricity. And so what you're really talking about is, you know, again, it's control. It's talking about what use is okay to use and what's the next step. The next step of this is your house uses more energy than your neighbor. And, you know, the, the usage that you're using in your house is uh, not favorable anymore. And next thing you know, you've got a New York Times piece about, you know, your house.
0: So
4: That's yeah, there's, there's a lot wrong with this. Uses, that open heart surgery uses too much energy. You can't have it.
0: Yeah, they're, they're trying to demonize energy use. I'm glad we finally arrived at this because I was hoping we'd arrive at it further. When I say counterpunching, that's what I'm talking about. The root thing here, the root narrative is energy use is bad. If you use too much energy, you're bad. That's where they're going with all this. And we need to keep that in mind because that's nonsense. And, the, and to me, the counterpunch is, oh, so what you're telling us is, is that you don't want people connected to the internet You don't want people to have satellite. You don't want people to have power. You don't want the billions of people who have not had access to the internet and the sum of all human knowledge on the internet at their fingertips. You don't want them to have that. You don't want people to be banked. You want people to have to deal with KYC. You want people to have a lower quality of life, essentially, because they have less power, less access to power. Because it's obvious that the more power generation, the more power distribution there is, the higher the quality of life. So what you're saying is you want us all to be cavemen, right? District 1 only. Only the District 1 people get to use as much people power as they want. And everybody else, you better mind your P's and
1: Q's. Live in the pods, the bugs. Yeah, Neil. Natalie, what do you think?
3: Well, you know, I, these reporters had their angle and their conclusion when they were in the pitch room discussing the story. They knew what the story was going to be. They wanted... Uh, to tell this particular angle. And so they filled the holes by visiting these mining operations. And they're playing on people's fear, you know, the fear that we're destroying the planet. And it's very clear that none of these reporters, none of them understand Bitcoin. They haven't even scratched a sand grain on this beach. And you know that because they didn't ask the fundamental question of why does Bitcoin use energy? I mean, that's required to really articulate what they were trying to investigate in this piece. They don't understand that the energy is what creates this ethical base layer for transacting value. So none of them understand Bitcoin, they don't understand economics or money, and they don't understand energy. And of course, they come from that assumption that energy is bad. When we move from one kind of technology to another, we always increase our energy exponentially. They're not thinking of removing, you know, all planes because they emit more than cars or walking across the country. And, you know, going back to what I said earlier about how they've covered disruptive technologies in general in mainstream news as they've been invented, they didn't think Thomas Edison was a genius. They thought that, you know, electricity and light bulbs are going to cause fires and electrify every single home and cause disaster. So it's par for the course. But what's really sad is they just haven't taken the time to learn about why Bitcoin uses energy. And if you don't understand that, you will never understand Bitcoin mining and you won't look for things like capturing stranded energy that you guys were talking about. You you won't, you know, even start to question, well, hey, why am I not getting upset about the, the poorest people in the world getting exploited with remittance fees and how Bitcoin is addressing things like that? No, they focus on the bad, they focus on the energy. And what's, you know, what's sad is a lot of us do this kind of outreach, right? Let's meet you where you are. We're happy to answer any questions. Bitcoiners were there to be consulted for this article. And instead, they, they told the story they wanted to tell from day one.
4: You know, that's a great point. I, this, if, you, if you guys don't follow a guy named Brian Git here on Twitter, you should, you should really check him out. It's at Brian Gitt. He's, he always gives really analytical tweets on energy. And one of the ones that he, he tweeted out recently, I thought was, was, I mean, I couldn't retweet it enough, was, you know, currently today, each individual in the United States has the equivalent of like 240 full-time workers for that, right? Like that's, that's the access to energy that we have, like whether it's, you know, between the washing machine, your dryer, your microwave, your oven, your, your automobile, um, the, you know, the money that you can spend to, you know, what's your, pers- what's your personal expenditure on a plane flight, what, what amount of energy is designated to just you as an individual, those kinds of things. You take that up and it's as if we each have just like 275 or 300 full-time employees working for us at all times. And that's an advent of technology and an increase of, of consumption of energy per capita, which is not just correlated, but it is because of an increase in quality of life and, and human flourishing. And, you know, not nailed it, right? That's, that's the battle, right? The battle is this moralization of energy consumption is, you know, when you plug in your phone to charge it, they want you to feel guilt. Like they want you to Imagine a tree in the forest like burning down, which is just not the reality. <laughs> it's just like, it's not the, like every time you start your yeah. car, you're supposed to imagine like, you know, a, somebody in, in Africa like becoming poor and like sick or something. Like it's, it's a really distorted view of, of the world. And it's not reality. Reality is that the more we can, we can inc- or decrease the cost of a unit of energy. The more we can lift people out of poverty, right? That's the only way for nations to be lifted out of poverty is abundant in economic energy. Um, that's the number one tool. And so, you know, to hell with them! <laughs> to hell with that demoralization mm-hmm. of energy. It, it's anti-human.
3: Did you I guys see it. that meme with Drake where it's like mining for you know fossil fuels bad, but mining for lithium, all these precious metals yeah. around the world? Yeah. <laughs>
4: Well, like, like, that's something I go back to, right, is, and and I I tweet about today, like, people always are celebrating wind and solar, right? But nobody wants to celebrate the fact that we can't have wind and solar without oil and gas, right? Wind and solar are petroleum, right? I mean, nuclear is the same. Like, how are you going to mine uranium? How are you going to ship it, like, across an ocean? How are you going to refine it? How are you going to enrich it to to U-235, right? I mean, how are you going to maintain that nuclear plant? without robust oil and gas, right? Petro- and, and even if you were to get rid of oil and gas as an energy bait, there are petroleum products, you know, like medical devices, um, like, like you know, Whoops. any plastic, like contact lenses, like prescription drugs that save people's lives, like penicillin, um, that are literally petroleum products, um, lubricants, right? Like there's, you can't run a, a wind turbine or a solar panel without robust oil and gas. And so, this whole idea of an energy transition is a facade, um, and they're playing on fear to try to to try to usher it because it's one hell of a way to get your finger into the taxpayer pool, right, to get subsidies and to get personally wealthy. And I think we need to call bullshit on that,
5: yeah, they also threw in their little bit about uh, the the change the code piece around the ethereum lowered their emissions by ninety nine percent, but the bitcoiners don't want to change the code. And I, as I was reading that, I was thinking, gosh, I know a lot of people who challenge them to change the code. I know one person who even offered to, like, write the code for them. And, you know, I, I myself
0: challenged them to write
5: the code. Like, like do it.
1: We'll do it. Now. Like, free. I'm
0: excited for your for pull free. request. You do not even have to hire engineers. We'll do it for you. Just tell us what you want us to write. And watch it burn and crash in flames. Well, like nobody wants to use like, their shitty fork.
4: Yeah, see if it works. I mean, nobody's stopping them. This is an open source protocol. Like, let the best idea win. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, like, participate and hold the money that somebody gets more of it. The more that they have, right? I, 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 much would prefer to hold a commodity where you have to expend energy in order to produce it. And I know how you much you don't want Fed Now, Adam. What, what's wrong with Fed Now? Well, I what mean, you know, now, if with I was your own I'm a Fed yes. Now Maxi. You know, you don't know about the Fed Now app, Alex.
1: No,
0: and i at at this moment in time i don't want to know i think this conversation has been fantastic we got maybe five minutes left so let's start moving towards closing comments and then we're going to wrap piccolo what do you got
9: yeah alex when you started the question you gave you know the counter punch narrative uh you know yours was let's call it option a natalie's was option b and then uh Adams was option C, all very good. And again, not mutually exclusive, right? Depending on who you talk talk to. So I want to present option D. Uh, My option D is no more talking. Uh, Do what the title of the room is. Go plug in more miners. Get together with a couple of Bitcoin plebs. If you know what that means, you know who they are. And go digital wildcatting. What does that mean? Go find a stranded, you know, farm somewhere that's running uh, biogas generators, off of pick poop or cow poop, uh plug in a couple S nines, you know? Or go to a stranded micro hydro or hydro dam somewhere, uh, and plug in maybe S19 XPs and M50S in containers. And Adam, you know all about containers with upstream, right? So, you know, that. Just do that. No more talking. Just yeah, plug I mean, in I'm more talking. mines. Let's use fucking more energy, goddammit.
4: I mean I've got I've got a <laughs> whole I got a whole Rolodex of oil and gas producers that would that are a little bit timid to take the capital risk buying the infrastructure to mine Bitcoin, they would love to do a joint venture with somebody who's willing to take the risk, right? You buy the computers, they'll buy the engine, you buy maybe the, the container, make a deal with them, fly out to their, to their oil and gas site, see it. Like, they can use their mechanics to install it. Like, we, we,
1: the resources are there. Um, so it, what, the, See in Houston then?
4: Oh, anywhere, right? Houston, Oklahoma, Kansas, North Dakota, Wyoming, here in Colorado, shit.
1: I mean, it's all over. Man. This has been a great episode today. Um, It's just
0: been a lot of fun. (laughs) Fire. This is why I love Bitcoiners, by the way. Piccolo's up here. Do the thing. Do the work. Don't talk about it. Do it. Proof of work is what Bitcoiners call it. Proof of work. Watch what they do and not what they say. Let's get some closing comments and then we'll wrap. Key bain you got anything you want to close with? we'll go with Adam and then give Nat a chance to say anything she wants to close with too.
2: Yeah, just, just real quickly. I think we, we, we touched on it a little bit, but energy, there's a few things that trend with human prosperity as, as much as energy consumption. You know, societies that are, that are rich in energy are, uh, you know, wealthy in, in everything else. And then societies that are energy poor. Are, are impoverished. So I think those those seeking to like uh, vilify energy consumption are seeking to uh, vilify like, vilify, like uh, societal progress in general. So um, more energy,
1: less problems.
0: I agree. Bad lizards, we don't wanna be cavemen, bad lizards. Adam?
1: Yeah, I'd say, you
4: know, I, I just have to echo what Blockbane said. Um, along those lines too, you know, I just give a shout out to, to Blockbane. He's one of my heroes. Uh, one of the first people I met in Bitcoin. From I went to I went to the wrong meetup, and he ended up being there talking about his his mining book for dummies. Um, and it was it was a great mistake that I made. But his his humility probably outpaces even his intelligence. So go find everything he's read, um, and you'll find yourself you'll find yourself well um, well acquainted with with the magic of, of Bitcoin as an energy you know autonomous energy consumption market. Um, along those lines, Nat, you, you kill it on the mainstream, keep doing what you're doing. It's really fun to see you on the, on the big names like the Fox business and such. Um, it's, always, it's always kind of hilarious um, to see a familiar face on those, on those programs shielding Bitcoin. So uh, keep killing it. Alex, you're doing well. Thanks for having me. Um, you know Anybody that wants to mine in the oil field, give me a call. I, like I said, I'm not kidding. When I, I mean, I've got three phone calls today with oil and gas producers to talk about you know, what they're going to do with their flare gas, their liability gas. Um, they'd love to do joy ventures. They'd love to to find some synergy with with anybody looking to take capital risk. So, you know, give me a shout and we'll go we'll go make the future.
0: Man, totally love that. Appreciate what you're doing, Adam. Out there doing the work. The proof of work. Natalie, closing comments.
3: Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam. Looking forward to having you on the show. Uh, only thing I have to close with, honestly, is Bitcoin's going to win because the best technology always wins, so I'm not worried. See you, New York Times. Have fun, staying or have a great week, guys. <laughs> Bye. Uh,
1: right. That's a
0: wrap. Appreciate all you guys being here today. This has been so much fun today. This is kind of like a throwback to the early days of Cafe Bitcoin when we're just doing Q&A and talking about real basic, basic Bitcoin stuff. I do love it. Um, you've been listening to Cafe Bitcoin, the place for your morning news preferred hangout for some of the smartest minds in the industry. We do this every day, Monday through Friday. We start at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern roll for two hours. If you want to learn about Bitcoin, this is a great place to do it on the regular. We have some of the, some great people coming in here. Like, I was just talking to Jacob in the back channel a little while ago about how easy this is for me. You guys make my job so easy. You know, like we have this joke, like this plane flies itself. Not only does it fly itself, this feels like a sixth generation super interceptor that flies itself. It's pretty funny. Hey, fantastic. don't
9: take your eyes off the navigation panels though, uh, Alex, cause we'll go fucking nuts, bro.
1: We'll crash uh, this plane. Well, yeah, yeah. Is a sixth generation super interceptor? Is that like technical language? Anyways, if you can't catch the live show on Twitter Spaces, this is also a
0: podcast up found on found Spotify and Apple. I want to thank Swan Bitcoin, the sponsor of this show, my crew, and Peter Seth for live producer Jacob. I'm your host, Alex Danzig, and I work with Swan. If you want to know more, shoot me a DM. Thanks again to the speakers who come on here today, T-Bain and uh, Adam, Nat, who popped off. Everybody who comes on here on the regular, appreciate you guys for what you do. Bitcoin was made for this time, guys. I ain't worried about it, honey badger. Let's go get on the mission. If you don't know what that means, hang out. You'll figure it out. Love all you guys. Everybody go out there and have a great day today. And crush it.